Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation and FSC can help save our forests. Because we all know that forests play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. Today, we're going to finalize our small mini-series on the FSC Global Strategy, and we are going to focus on smallholders, indigenous people, and the role of both groups in the new strategy. For those of you who have listened to the two other episodes in the series, you will know that the strategy contains specific targets for the area to be certified that should be owned by smallholders or indigenous people, and that that target really requires a steep growth. But why is it so important that FSC focus on smallholders and indigenous people? That is one of the questions that we'll dive into today. And I can give you a sneak peek into the fact that indigenous people manage one quarter of the planet Earth and that the areas that they have the rights to contains more than 80% of our most important biodiversity hotspots. So making sure that FSC solutions are fit for indigenous peoples, smallholders and communities will be central to FSC achieving our long-term goals of ensuring that forests are recognized for their true value and of course also central to ensuring that we mitigate climate change and biodiversity loss in time. For the episode, I was fortunate enough to talk to both Vera Santos, the program manager for New Approaches in FSC, and if you don't remember, that is the program that develops solutions for smallholders and communities, and with Francisco Susha, who is the managing director of the Indigenous Peoples Foundation. I asked them both what's new in the strategy compared to the old one, why these changes are so important, and what they'll do to make all of the aspirations come alive. That turned into a pretty interesting conversation, if I'm to say so myself. I hope you agree. Let's dive straight in. Hi, Vera and Francisco, and welcome to this final episode on the FSC Global Strategy, the one where we talk about indigenous people and smallholders and new approaches in FSC. And Vera, I'd like to start with you because the new strategy has a strong emphasis on certification of smallholders and community forests. Uh, can you just recap for us what those goals are? Thank you, Loa. So the new strategy has, first of all, a very strong quantitative commitment where we would like to see FSC in five years from now to double the certification area that is under the management of uh, small scale and community forestry. Uh, this represents a, a, a total of 50 million hectares, but this is shared between uh, a component from coming from tropical areas, but also a component coming from smallholders and communities. This for us, it shows the, the emphasis FSC is putting because this will represent a, a big growth compared to the status where we are right now, which is around 11 million hectares. We will need to go all the way until 24, 25 million hectares in five years. It will represent a very systematic approach from everyone from FSC International to the national office to the stakeholders on the ground. And the strategy, the different elements of the strategy will be how we were planning to do that. So the element of co-creation and engagement with our users in terms of uh, the forest solutions that are available and also the new forest solutions that are being prepared will have uh, an even more stronger emphasis on the involvement with smallholders, communities and indigenous peoples. And this will be crucial for them to be able to then later implement them. 
The same regarding the market aspect. So our focus on transforming the market as it currently is. There are two big components where both in terms of a value chain where non-timber forest products and ecosystem services can be very relevant to increase the visibility FSE has for smallholders and communities. And in the other hand, uh, scaling up of the benefits the communities and the smallholders can take out of the FSE certification. And the last but not the least, the focus that we have on uh, establishing partnerships, coalitions, collaboration with different actors on the ground. This is again a very interesting way for countries where smallholders, communities and indigenous peoples are relevant because working with, uh, with the government, engaging the governments, offering our solutions, the benefits that FSE propose are very well received when you bring this social component, that social focus on these uh, forest-dependent people that FSE has been so well positioned to, to, to do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's insanely interesting and basically not that different from the last strategy, uh, but it sounds like we're really trying to tackle the full circle from addressing the, the problems that the smallholders have in terms of getting certified, addressing the market obstacles, but also addressing the relations to governments and and other organizations as such. Now, Francisco, I invited you to be part of this conversation because much of the forest areas that we're talking about here is actually managed by indigenous people and you're the managing director of the Indigenous People Foundation. Can you tell us a bit about what that is? Yes, of course. Thank you very much, Lua, for inviting me to be part of this conversation. As an organization, our strategic ambition is actually to create, I'd say, the condition to convert indigenous people into providers of global solution to global challenge. As indigenous people, we are the key piece of solution, for instance, to climate change. We are very important to, to identify, to provide solution to national government, to work in close collaboration with company, the business sectors, for instance, to face the deforestation, to reduce the pressures on biodiversity, so on. The foundation was created it work to increase the value of forest natural-based solutions within indigenous territories in the planet. But the challenge here is the fact that we can't achieve this objective by work alone. We want to work in close collaboration with company, government, NGO, donors, multilateral organization, other key stakeholders to create actually a collective vision of solution to support indigenous people worldwide, and also to provide the global society with mechanisms to face the global challenge that I just mentioned before in terms of the climate change, biodiversity, deforestation. Finally, it would be critical to mention that the foundation is, is actually a product of 25 years of commitment and participation of the indigenous people as part of the FSC. The new strategy actually is a reflection of that. The indigenous people are a key piece of the new FSC strategy, and we have, through the strategy, the way or the opportunity to connect with different sectors to create solutions drive by an indigenous vision worldwide. Can you just explain to me why is it so important that FSC has a strong focus on indigenous people and communities? That's a good point. That's a, a, a very, very important. So the FSC works actually 
to increase the value of forest is sustainable forest management. So the FSC has a very important, I would say, a very important system, a very important platform to provide sustainable standard to increase the value of sustainable forest. But the indigenous people manage one quarter of the planet, where we can find 80% of the global uh, biodiversity in the uh, indigenous territory. The point here is, is the challenge, at the same time as the opportunity, is the fact that any attempt to create or implement sustainable forest solution will fail without respecting indigenous rights and incorporate them into new responsible business models and create forest in natural based solution with them. These are the strategic motivation why the indigenous people has been part of the FSC as builders and mm -hmm. ancestral implementers of sustainable forest management at, at the national level, at the community level, at the regional level as well. And also the indigenous people are being part of the organization, the FSC as an organization to ensure that all rights, all vision, your voice, respect, incorporate into the FSC system. That's why the FSC has a unique opportunity through the new strategy to bring the global, I would say, one of the most important players to provide solution to ongoing global challenge that we are facing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just making sure I got it right. So basically what you're saying is that the indigenous people around the world have one third of the global forest cover under their management, but they, on top of that, have 80% of the most valuable biodiversity spots. Yeah, that's right. We are actually manage one quarter of the planet mm -hmm. uh, where we can find 80% of the global biodiversity. If you link the importance of the global biodiversity inside the indigenous territory, we can also talk about the importance of the forest. If you talk about the forest, we can anticipate the role of the indigenous people as the guardians of the global assets in terms of the forest, and then we can we can convert to indigenous people as the providers of the solution mm -hmm. to global challenge. How many of the different indigenous people do you have uh, contact to and organize through the foundation and, and through FSC, do you know? Yes, we don't have the numbers, but I can talk, for instance, in terms of the scale. We do have the representation of the indigenous people from Africa, from Oceania, from Asia, North Europe, North America, Central America, and, and South America. And if you see this platform, we can assume that the indigenous foundation in the, through the PIPC, we do have the potential to connect to indigenous people organization in different countries it to, it to cover and create a collective vision to implement a strategy at the global scale. And when you say PIPC, you mean the Permanent Indigenous People's Committee in FSC? <laughs> Trying to avoid too many abbreviations in this podcast because a lot of our listeners don't speak the FSC internal okay. language yet. Okay. Good point. <laughs> 
Um, Vera, I'd like to return to you because now that we understand a bit more about the scale here, maybe it, it would be useful as well to understand what is the scale actually of the smallholders and communities, which is, are more like the, the core focus area that you work under. Uh, there's a big overlap. So the scale that uh, the number that we have referenced when we start this project back in 2016, they have been published by FAO, Food and Agriculture Organization. I'm so used to say the acronym that I will never <laughs> know the, the full name. And uh, it referenced that uh, 500 million hectares were under the ownership or management of small scale and community foresters. There will be most likely an overlap. And in that case, that's also a huge potential for FSE to tap into. So you were mentioning before that there's no disruption between the last global strategic plan and the current global strategy when it uh, relates with smallholders and communities. And that's quite true. It's a continuation of the work. So we, we did expect to have uh, a bigger impact by the end of 2020. But the fact that we had focused a lot, we had launched more than 20 initiatives on the, the policy solutions, the forest solutions components, and we tried and error and tried and error and explored the boundaries of the current normative framework, demanded that additional investment of time. We are now starting to publish the first deliverables. We have done the, that with the, the, the really tiny, teeny first output last December, the revised forest management group standard. And we will have a, a, a new deliverable in the beginning of this year. And the focus for this year and 2022 will be exactly to carefully launch, roll out and monitor the uptake of these new solutions that were very guided by the problems that we known for so long. Francisco also mentioned the 25 years of engagement from indigenous people. Since the beginning of FSC, that the, there was a, a big focus on bringing small holders, bringing communities on board. We've tried and error many times. There was lots of knowledge that we could tap into that. And that's now what we would like to see consolidated in a more, much more systematized way. Okay, so if, if I ask you to highlight what's the biggest difference between the last strategy and this one, it is that this one actually really truly enable you to go and do the trial and error approach instead of sitting in an office and figuring out an approach and then go implement. Uh, no, it's that we have done in the past. This one provides the scaling up, the implementation approach. We will be delivering, besides these two outputs that I've already mentioned, we will continue to, to deliver some of the... the findings from the, the previous phase, including what we hope to be a very breakthrough, uh, the continuous improvement procedure that will allow a stepwise approach towards certification. And this is tackling the, the main challenge identified before, that usually FSE standards were too complex, there was not uh, enough technical capacity on the ground, it was too costly to actually go into an FSE audit. So those elements have been guiding all the solution that we've been work upon. The revised group standards that will become effective uh, in the mid of March this year has been incorporating all of that. So it has a risk-based approach that allows to optimize the cost of the audit, lower the cost of the audit by including uh, the existence or non-existence of activities on the grounds 
or the existence or non-existence of relevant contractors. It has been simplified, much more outcome-oriented, and this allows the, the smallholders, the communities, to focus on the critical requirements. And if we apply that together with the next deliverable, the stepwise approach, to phase them in, to conform with, to comply with the, those requirements over a period of time while benefiting already from the FSE certifications. The difference in this strategy will be the uh, implementation component, the involvement of the national office, the involvement of partners, stakeholders on the ground that can enable us to scale up all of the findings that we have been um, compiling, testing, discarding, and also new findings that in the meantime can come up. The fact that we have now a very coherent body representing indigenous people, it will provide us an additional boost as well, because it's crucial that some of our solutions are also rolled out and tested in those settings to see if they are still fit or we need to do further adjustments to accommodate the interest, the needs, the expectation of the indigenous peoples as well, both in terms of the policy solutions, but also in terms of the, the market tools that we've been considering that reflect what would be their priority as they use FSE certification to improve their livelihoods, to get the empowerment on their rights. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So basically what I hear you saying is that the, the biggest difference in or the biggest pivot in this strategy compared to the previous strategy and how you've actually worked with this area for quite a while now is that you basically get more boots on the ground helping you to implement the solutions that you're identifying. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. How does all of this link then, Vera, to all of the other stuff that we're working on and that we have podcast episodes on, like digitalization and landscape approaches and climate mitigation solutions and ecosystem services and all of the other stuff that we're talking about? I would say that we are pieces of the same puzzle. The, the landscape approaches is quite a relevant setting for smallholders that in most of the cases they do have different land uses, both agriculture, forestry, cattle. Um, if we are able to offer them uh, a framework that uh, allows them to see their reality reflected and add value in that reality, that's a, a, a huge step FSE can take. And the climate change, it's uh, like Francisco said, it's the only way we can be continue to be relevant if we are able to tap into the traditional knowledge of these uh, forest stewards that we have already for some decades, thousands, millions of years on the grounds and uh, bring this into our very structure and make it uh, more real and more relevant for this uh, user that we will to tackle. Mm -hmm. That's actually where I'd like to jump back to you, Francisco, because I think that's very important that, that you are representing a group of, of, of people who has basically worked uh, with forest and lived in, in cohesion with forest for more years than we basically often can count. How will you work to synthesize all of that knowledge? How can you work to bring this up to an FSC level and make sure that we tap into all of that knowledge? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the foundation has an ambition. We want to work with the indigenous people to create solutions together with them and to implement together with them. We work to ensure 
the respect of the indigenous rights are incorporated into the business through the FPIC, and also to consider the holistic vision of the indigenous people as part of the strategy. When you talk about the holistic vision, is the this different portfolio of the solution that Vera just mentioned previously. It's about the ecosystem, it's about the carbon, it's about the climate change, it's about the agroforest, it's also about the forest-based solution. So the foundation will work to become the indigenous operation branch of FSC to bring and deliver the package of forest and natural-based solution to indigenous people. We have intention to adapt then based on the ancestral, ancestral knowledge is sustainable practice and also to follow the indigenous rights approach to implement the solution together with the indigenous people on their territory. But at the same time, the foundation is going to support the FSC on the new strategy by bringing company, government, investors, donors, NGO, and other stakeholders to work with the indigenous organization to identify the best way to implement it, to, to create actually a win-win long-term return to forest and natural-based solution work together with business sectors in the long term. That's the ambition of the indigenous foundation. Mm, very interesting and also um, achievable in some way, I would say. Um, I'm really looking forward to following the work of the collaboration between the two of you and, and the people that you work with and seeing how we can utilize this to really propel our impact. Um, I'd actually like to ask a question of the both of you because when we're talking about collaboration, one of the biggest buzzwords that we've had in this strategy and in the three podcasts that I've now been editing and, and creating here on this whole strategy is the term co-creation. What is your take on how we can utilize co-creation when it comes to your areas of expertise? How can you make sure that solutions are co-created? FSE was always very focus on co-creation. I think it's a, a really interesting term that we have now made more explicit, more visible, because this does take time and sometimes more time than other alternatives that we find out there working with responsible forestry, because outreaching and engaging and truly informing and getting all the, the, the elements that are required from our actors, our users, our stakeholders on the grounds um, requires different methodologies, requires time, uh, requires active listening, because sometimes we have been with all of our background experience and we bump into people with a completely def different background experience. And until we get to that uh, level where we are always all talking the same language, it will take time. But we have so much experience on facilitating those kinds of dialogues, those kinds of platforms where we bring the different views, constructive criticism, and move forward until we get a consensus. It's great that this new strategy makes this term so explicit, so visible. But I would also say that uh, the experience of FSE and in particular of New Approaches Project was already very grounded on that. Mm -hmm. What about you, Francisco? How do you interpret the co-creation term and see your role in it? I agree with Vera. We have 25 years work for promote collaboration across different sectors, including indigenous people. So the opportunity that you have now is to move to another level. We must 
not only identify to create the solution, but now we need to scale up to replicate it to integrate initiative, solution, sectors to face the challenge that we are facing at the different level. So the this ambition is quite connected to the, to the fact that the planet is uh, at a critical turning point right now. We can't create solution. We can't build up collaboration by work alone. That's why the co-creation is very important. That's why through the co-creation, we do have the possibility to, to, to promote not single solution or isolate solution, but we must work together to shift towards sustainable and more responsible business. So we know that one of the key goals of the global FSC strategy is to double the amount of, of forest hectares certified to FSC. If we are to be successful in, in accomplishing that mission, what, in your opinion, will be the most important let me start with you, Vera. What do we need to do? What's most important? To not lose the the fire that we can, from a project perspective, the project has uh, consolidated a, a, a toolbox of possible solutions, all of them or most of them with uh, international applicability. Some of them directly, others need a, a little bit of adaptation. But now is the phase that we need to continue with the focus because as Francisco said, it's a very clear moment where Mother Nature, the governments, the international actors come to the conclusion that the, the roles this kind of user, this kind of constituents have to solve the global challenge is crucial to be tackled. FSE is probably one of the best position organizations based on the fact that it brings credible solutions tested solutions in terms of responsible forest management. And it also uh, brings the, the market component. It's very well recognized. Those stakeholders that can truly transform the market, truly transform the, the trades, are with us for many, many years. FSE cannot lose the, the dynamics, the fire that it has put in a, a project approach. It needs to convert that fire to a very systematized approach where we start transferring the knowledge, the learnings, the tools into our network of local organizations, both regional and national office, and then to also create synergies with everything that the Indigenous Foundation might be doing in the future. There will be many contact points without jeopardizing their main goals, but we can also plug in and create a synergy and a piggy bank, both the initiatives in a way to, to get a bigger impact at the end. But I think we have all the tools in our hands. It's just a matter of providing the necessary level of resources for the different layers of the organization, international, regional and national, to truly bring those solutions to the ground, to implement, learn, refine, and continue to implement. Mm. So when you say not lose the fire, what you mean is we cannot lose momentum in implementation. Is that what you mean? Much better put. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's when you take those local sayings and you translate them in English, and sometimes people on the other side of the globe scratch their head and says, well, what does that mean? <laughs> Francisco, do you agree? Is that the most important thing for us to, to focus on? 
Yes, I, I totally agree. I'm on the same page with Vera, but I would add a, a couple uh, additional points. So mm -hmm. it is quite important to that the FPIC continue to be a key element that must continue to drive the FSC strategy practice. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, can I stop you for one second? FPIC, yes. explain that in two sentences. That's a challenge. <laughs> Because people might not know what the FPIC yes. is. I... Free prior informed consent is an important mechanism to verify the that we are going to follow the right of the indigenous people and to respect the indigenous people is a key element that we must continue to drive the FSC strategy and practice in the future. That's one element that, that I would, would highlight as important for this new strategy. At the same time, the indigenous people management practices is driven by a holistic vision by combining a portfolio of the different eco economic options. If you talk to the indigenous people, they do have the ability to manage the forest, but at the same time, they have interest to, to combine agroforest, fishing, and other possible economic options. That's one element of this uh, holistic vision of the indigenous people. In that way, in the new strategy, the FSC needs to be, I would say, flexible to adapt the existing standard tools to incorporate the holistic view of the indigenous peoples to best accommodate their practice. The development of the new approach, as Vera say, would be important, but we need to connect not only the, the economic, social, environmental so sustainability as, a, as part of this new tools, the approach, but would be essential also to incorporate a landscape level aspect that, that consider the indigenous vision. And final point that I would say is that would be critical to implement effective monitoring system to assure that respect of the indigenous rights and also to, to measure the impact and to show that we are going to create a new shared benefits to together with the smallholders, indigenous people on the ground. That's the key element in terms of the measuring success for the implementation. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. When you say implement a new monitoring system, that sounds like something that could be quite, well, how do I say this, heavy for indigenous people and smallholders. Whenever we talk about monitoring, it's normally quite admin heavy. Can we do that without putting additional burden? Yes, but I, here again, we can go back to the co-creation. Because when mm -hmm. we put together the different stakeholders to identify a problem and challenge, and then to agree on the implementation, of course, at that moment, we also must talk about the monitoring. And mm -hmm. the foundation has the technical capacity experience to implement it, to discuss the monitoring system as part of the FSC. But at the same time, as I think we do have the opportunity here to bring on this discussion other stakeholders to discuss with them how would be the best way for us to implement a monitoring system to measure impact across different sectors. We are talking, for instance, about the possibility to reduce the risk for the business sectors to work with the indigenous organization. In that way, mm -hmm. 
we need to have a monetary system. Lloyd, if you allow me to, mm -hmm. to pick sure, up exactly on, on Francisco mm -hmm. mentioned, the model that we are using in countries that have been less uh, developed in terms of FSC certification, the collective impact model, one of the mandatory elements is exactly what Francisco mentioned. It's having this agreed shared measured system that will allow to, to see the evolution, the progress, if the goals are being achieved or not. But it is defined together. It's not just us pushing to find a solution that suits our needs. It's discussed and tweaked and challenged by all the different stakeholders sitting on that on that table. And together we, we can find a solution that suits all the different parties. And all the different parties will be involved and responsible and accountable to provide the necessary information that will allow us to monitor impact. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I always like to, to try and get things a little bit more tangible because when I talk to people on these uh, podcasts, it often becomes very strategic and very thinking out of the box. And then if you are out there and you're a small holder or you're a certificate holder listening to this, it becomes very lofty. Uh, so I'd like to make it a bit more tangible if we can, uh, before we wrap up, if I was a smallholder or if I was from an indigenous community, what would all of this change for me and how should I get involved if I should get involved at all? I would say that we have now tailor-made tools and in a couple of months even more that can be offered to that smallholder or indigenous uh, people member, community member. Um, and I would advise them to contact the closest representative of FSE or indigenous people representative, because now with the foundation, we also have another set of actors on the grounds. And both the national office or the indigenous people representative will offer them the best pathway for their specific case. So if you were a smallholder in Asia Pacific, I should point you out to the revised group standard and the simplified standard will enable to tap into the benefits of FSE certification in the different value chains that exist in that region in a much more cost effective and less burdensome more focus on the really critical points way. If you were in the north, other solutions could be offered to you as well. Mm -hmm. I know. So fine. <laughs> Still very fluffy. <laughs> a bit fluffy, yeah. It is a bit fluffy, but it, it really comes back to one of the first points that, that you have. Well, basically, when I talked to you a year ago and I asked you sort of the same question, it was we are trialing things and you could potentially get part of a pilot. And that. so now it's actually even more tangible saying contact your local representative, the extra boots we have on the ground and and get access to some of these solutions that we actually have. So in that sense, we did move forward. Did. And on that note, I'd like to ask both of you a, f a final question and then I'll let you go. If I call you up in a year from now and say, okay, let's recap what you've managed to get done since we talked last, what do you hope to be able to reply to me? I would say that I would like to see the solution that we have put out there implemented at least in the three regions of FSE, global south preferably, because it's where we need more impact to, to happen. So if I have a, a case, a real case on Africa, a country in Latin America and a country in Asia Pacific, 
that will be also contributing to the annual increase of the commitment FSE has towards the 2026 goal, I would be very happy. Mm-hmm. So if I have 2 million, two new certified uh, area, two, no, 2 million new certified area, <laughs> <laughs> from those new solutions, it would be great. What about you, Francisco? What would make you happy to report to me in a year's time? Okay, one year from now, let's mm-hmm. say, I'd say lower. In one year from now, we should have um, the capacity to show that the FSC family is able to build up at least one strong sector alliance initiative in at least two countries with shared vision, commitment to create implementing innovative forest and natural-based solution with indigenous people. That would be the ambition because the new approach that we are talking has the ambition to create the solution. The challenge one year from now is to implement that solution is to show the positive outcome to smallholders, to indigenous peoples, to company, and to other sectors. That's the ambition. We must create at least one initiative, work together with different stakeholders to implement that initiative in at least two countries, I'd say. Mm-hmm. What about then in five years? Five years from now, hmm. indigenous peoples' rights, indigenous forests, are incorporated into national policy, business practices, in response to attempt to change the market. That's the vision of the FSC. Another the outcome five years from now that I wish for is that the indigenous forest economies increase their market share with successful case being consolidated in target countries. That's the mm-hmm. my dream that I have at this moment. That is a very nice dream indeed as well. And, and also a very uh, nice ending to a podcast. I uh, would like to thank both of you for participating in this interview and for teaching me much more about uh, smallholders and communities and indigenous people. And and I just, I really, truly hope that your one and five year plans come true so that we actually can change the trajectory that this planet is on. So thank you both. Imagine that, that we can make FSC so much more relevant for the people that manage more than a quarter of this planet, and that we can set ourselves up tapping into the knowledge that they've built over centuries on holistic management of landscapes. I'd like to see that become a reality. I'm sure you would too. Let's hope that both Vera and Francisco and their teams are successful in their endeavors. This also marks the wrapping up of our small mini-series focusing on the FSC Global Strategy. And then again, it actually doesn't. Because I've been fortunate enough to be asked by the FSC International Board of Directors whether I would create a new episode featuring them on the Global Strategy. And who would say no to that? I certainly wouldn't. So we will have one more episode coming up where we will focus on what they'll do to make this whole strategy a living document and not something that just sits in a drawer. 
what it will change in FSC, what makes them stay up at night, and what their true hopes and dreams for the global strategy is. More on that coming up. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I strongly encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovation and it's open for everyone. We almost have 900 members there, so please feel free to join in. You can also always get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.